welcome to another episode of Just a Tad on the DTF Podcast. My name is Sam Norton and you are a listener or a fighter or a suicide victim because Trump just won. I don't know your politics. I don't really care. Uh, whatever. I don't know why I got political up at the top, but I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad that you're listening and I'm glad that we're alive to celebrate comedy today. I wanted to do something a little bit lighter since I went uh, off the deep end last week uh, with my biggest fear. I thought I'd talk about one of my favorite joys in life, which is just pure silliness. And if you couldn't tell by the description, we are today talking about a little known little show called Check It Out bam, bam, with uh, John C. Riley as the main main character. The main character, really the only main only character that's on there quite a bit is Dr. Steve Brule. Uh, and I kind of want to do a character study with him. I, I absolutely adore this little uh, spinoff of the Tim and Eric show, which is where it came out of. And the Tim and Eric show is a small-time... Oh, I guess they had a major movie release, but it was more of a small-time... or is a small-time show on Adult Swim, which is a spinoff of itself, of the Cartoon Network. It's a late-night programming for, wait for it, adults. So we are doing a spinoff show from a lesser known show from a spinoff network of a major network. <laughs> so that's how deep down the rabbit hole we're going to this weirdness. Uh, Check It Out actually started in 2010. It started a little bit before there with the Tim and Eric show, but uh, it's been running up to four seasons now from what I can tell. And each season has around six episodes. So it's, it's a very irregular scheduled thing. And that's what happens when you have an Oscar nominated person being the main character. And the reason I wanted to do this is I, uh, I just flew out uh, to Seattle and Portland uh, and Idaho this last week. And I was out there and on my uh, iPad right now I have uh, Gangs in New York uh, on, on my iPad. And I was watching it on the plane right back and I realized John C. Riley's in that movie. He's the, uh, he's the cop. He's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's Amsterdam Valens. Uh, uncle, I'm assuming, is because he says, "Oh, you don't remember me. You're a good old Uncle Jock." Uh, but yeah, John C. Riley's the uh, the cop that tries to kill him, and uh, it it made me realize like John C. Riley's a really good actor because he is in a bunch of movies, and some of them like Step Brothers. I know he's in. Uh, you know that's him and that character, but other ones like Gangs of New York, I'm like, oh yeah, shit, or Magnolia. He was in that movie. Like he's in a bunch of different movies that I'm like, oh. The guy's a pretty good fucking actor. He kind of gets lost in it. And Steve Brule's another great example of how uh, how well of an actor he is. He's developed a full character, which I want to get into. Now, to give you guys a little bit of a backstory uh, and feel for uh, this show, it's, uh, it's a parody of public access TV. Uh, it's the, the whole thing is Dr. Steve Brule is like a TV personality, kind of like a dumber version of Bill Nye the Science Guy. And they take topics like uh, getting a job and then, you know, they do almost like a how it's made or uh, like a Bill Nye type of uh, unwrapped type of thing where they investigate that topic but steve brule dr steve brule which i don't i think that doctor has got to be honorary because he's an idiot which is part of his character but they go around they take a thing like getting a job and then he goes to a factory looks how to get a job and then they parody it and 
He's a big old goofball. Sometimes they have uh, weird interviews, but they always make it look like it's uh, taped public access. And they go very detailed with it. Uh, every episode starts with the public access programming. So you just hear almost like synthesized uh, music from... Uh, you know, like a Star Spangled Banner synthesized music over the public access channel uh, scheduling. And apparently, Check It Out takes place at like five in the morning, uh, right after like cooking for fish. Or it's it's weird stuff. Uh, but they go they get so detailed uh, with it that it feels real. Uh, they even have reoccurring commercials that go throughout the whole thing for like canned meats and weird bullfrog shit. Uh, and as just because you guys won't be able to see the visual to show you how detailed they got with trying to recreate a public access type of uh, show, they would record it on like a regular camera, run it through a VHS player, and they would uh, occasionally bang on the actual VHS player's uh, casing. So that way they're skipping and uh, jumping and so that the vertical synchronization uh, like scrolls up. So whenever you have like a bad VHS tape, if you guys don't know what VHS, just look it up. But if you have a bad VHS tape, you know how it would get like fuzzy and then there'd be like weird vertical scrolling. That's what they tried to simulate and they pulled it off. Like that's how detailed it's. It's almost like you just found an archive and got high and started watching this shit. It's, it's great. And they made it a parody of public access, which in my experience, uh, public access has become a parody of itself uh, because I've done public. I've done two different public access shows. One of them was like a talent show I did with my good friend Martin Morrow, uh, which was uh, weird, uh, but I think that was meant to be weird. Then another one I did years ago. I've tried to find it online and I could not, but I desperately. If anybody can find it, it'd be great. Uh, I did it with a guy named Flabby Hoffman, who's a guy here in Chicago. Fucking weird, weird guy. Uh, he's got like a pencil thin mustache. Uh, guaranteed he dyes his hair jet black. Uh, he just looks like a, a. He looks like a porn star, but if it was softcore porn and it was super. Uh, like specific softcore porn? Like. Softcore porn of just like uh, he's the guy that I would imagine would have a whole Rolodex of, of or whole index or catalog of softcore porn where it's just you watching a close-up of a woman eating a banana if you can picture that that's the best way I can describe him like kind of a creep but not a creep in a bad way just a creep in a I don't know if I can hang out with this guy type thing it's just he would he would probably film people eating bananas. Nothing illegal, just, uh, you know, weird. He's a weird guy. Anyways, uh, public access is that. So if you guys look it up, he used to have a show, please find it. If you do, message me and let me know where that show is so I can watch it, because I was on it once and it was, it was fucking weird. Um, but I'm gonna do, uh, we're gonna play a clip. I have a few clips because I kind of want you guys to get a real feel for it. I actually enjoy this so much. My wife introduced me to it and I enjoyed it so much 
that for Christmas I bought it for my wife so we could experience it more together because she only showed me a few clips and she really loves it. So I was like, oh, well, fucking here's some. I, I don't mind uh, hunting that down. So they actually had that on DVD a few Christmases ago and it was great. We watched it together and uh, we've watched it a couple times since then. It's wonderful. So I want you you guys have a piece of this now. This is the opening to, uh, I think the show about, or the episode about animals, but I wanted to give you a little uh, little feel for what it's like to listen to the show, and this is kind of how it goes. So enjoy this, we'll come back and dissect it a little bit more. Okay, cool. This episode of Chunk It Out is brought to you by Toad's new cream chip beef corned beef hash combo can. It's part of Toad's new beef series. Come on down to Meyer Superfoods and pick up 10 cans. You can eat it cold, dummy. It's a combo can. If you don't like cream chip beef, just eat the corned beef hash part, you damn gus. They say that drunkie is man's best friend. Go! They... They say that drunkie is man's best friend. He'll be by you until you get to the end. Even if you need help when you're walking around with your hands full, just turn around and look, you dingus. Your best friend's an animal. There's a folk song by Beverly Drangus. Hi. I'm Dr. Steve Brewer. Welcome back to Check It Out, the show where we check things out. Guess what we're checking out today? Can you guess? Animals. Do you ever wonder what an animal thinks? How an animal's feeling? Why don't you ask, you jackass? Just joshing. A jackass is an animal, too. Let's check it out. Check it out! That was the beginning of uh, an episode of Dr. Steve Brule's Check It Out, and they talk about animals. Uh, what's all right? So, a little character, or b- before we get into the character development, I want to give you guys uh, some idea of the visual gags to look for whenever you look this up. And they have a bunch of clips online that you can find. Just type in uh, Steve Brule Check It Out, and I'm sure you can find a bunch on YouTube. But uh, so some of the visual gags that they do because public access is notoriously uh, awfully produced. Uh, <laughs> Steve never, as a character, they have a three camera system where he's talking to the cameras and he's always supposed to turn to each camera and they never sync up him looking at the right camera. And so they try to cut to the one he's looking at and then he looks at another one. So they cut to that one and he looks at a third one and it's, it's just a hot mess whenever you're watching it. Another thing is uh, whenever they do a close-up on him, he never can make eye contact. <laughs> so he's confident enough to have a show, just not confident enough to be in front of the camera. And there's little other uh, things like they, they, they cut too soon. They put up an a, a image that's not supposed to be there. They do like weird sound effects when they're not supposed to. Like it just it just puts more of the atmosphere of a shitty run public access TV show in the in the midst of everything else. So I I think it's it's very subtle comedy uh, as a parody, 
But uh, I think attention to detail is what makes uh, jokes and com and especially sketch comedy that much better because it allows you to go back and re-watch it and enjoy it more. Whenever things are surface, like a, uh, you know, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but like an SNL sketch, because they don't have all the time in the world to write, are very surface value things. You can go back and watch some really good ones, but on the whole, most of the time you go back to watch a SNL sketch, you go back and you go, oh, okay, there's no depth to it, it's just straight set up punchline done. Whereas this, there's just little things that you come back to and you're like, oh, I didn't even see that before. That's another thing that I'm maybe not laughing out loud to. That's really hard to get a detailed thing where you laugh out loud to. Not to say that it doesn't happen, but that you're amused by another thing. Uh, every time I watch Steve Brule, I am amused by something else I didn't pick up on, the way he you know, swivels his chair weird and acts autistic and shit like that. Uh, or the way he's always got his eyes crossed even though he's got glasses on, so it's clearly not fixing his stigmatism. Um, so that that's part of the thing that I wanted to get into was his character, like his little character ticks. He, I think, I'm pretty sure he's on the autism scale. He's at least got Asp Asperger's, Asperger's? I don't know how you pronounce it. But that, that's a character trait of his, that he's just kind of a weird guy. Uh, he can't smile right is another character tick of his like he always smiles out of the side of his face it's almost like he's having a stroke but it's not uh, it's like in the middle of a stroke and him being uh, coy so if you can imagine someone kind of pursing their lips up to the top right side of their cheek uh, and then smiling off of that like uh, like they just shit in your coffee type of thing uh, that's how he smiles all the time it's 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 like he does he it's like nobody ever taught him how to smile he just had to figure it out for himself and uh, he did but he looks like an alien every time he's happy um, another thing you may have noticed while you were listening to he just throws R's in where they're not supposed to be like they don't belong anywhere in the thing so he mispronounces shit all the time uh, and yes his name is Brule it's not Boole but uh, that's like the one thing he gets right is his own last name, but he'll just throw uh, the R's in no matter what or where, and I find it uh, I find it quite amusing that he does that all the time, um, and I think that leads into the fact that and, and that they don't really state it in the show, but I'm pretty sure he's illiterate because it looks like he's reading off of cue cards and a lot of times he just stumbles around. Now I sound like I'm illiterate, but it's because I am. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure he's illiterate because he'll try to say one word and he's probably meaning another. He'll mispronounce something or he'll just throw an R in there. Like it's just a weird, weird tick that goes uh, all together. And then the third or the last third, I don't, I don't know how many I'm at right now. The last one that I like about his uh, character ticks is that he always has dumb little insults. It's like very childish. He's a grown ass man and he's almost got this kind of childlike whimsy and even when he gets angry uh his insults are biting but they're also super childish like he'll always say turkey or dingus i think you guys are you know fucking dingus uh yeah he, he just always has these like childlike insults and uh it's it's funny there, there's a episode i'm not gonna play any of it from here but there's an episode where he uh 
has an interview with a doctor. Um, one of the cl clip I'm going to play next is part of that uh, segment. Like he has a bunch of different segments, like uh, on the spot segment or whatever. And then sometimes he does a doctor to doctor segment. Well, one of them, he's actually interviewing another doctor, and for some reason, uh, he just hates other doctors because. I'm, I'm assuming because they try to tell him he's not a doctor, but he just thinks that he's smarter than everybody and he just keeps insulting this guy, but with like dumb insults like, you don't know anything, you dingus, and then they just sit there in an awkward silence. It's very, very funny. Uh, but the one I want to play with you for you right now is another doctor to doctor segment so you guys can get an idea of how the rest of the show goes. Like, it's usually in three parts. He does the opening, he does a on the spot or a doctor to doctor or an interview or something type of segment. They cut to commercial, they come back and then maybe do another sketch here or there, but usually they just go to the end of the show where he kind of breaks everything down. This is in the middle. This is a doctor to doctor segment. I think they were talking about sex or reproduction in this episode. So he goes to a fertility clinic, and this is that. He goes to a fertility clinic, and this is Steve Brill trying to educate the audience on public access TV at uh, 4.30 or 5 in the morning. So enjoy. I'm Dr. Steve Brill with another section of my show called Dr. D Hello. What do you do in this office? Well, we're a fertility practice. We so went we... over to uh, Mobin's house, where he lives with my mother, name of Doris Pringle Salahari Brule now. Well, um, she just do said, you have any... Get out of here, Stephen. You're dead to me. Mobin's child is all that matters to me now. And I love Mobin, and... Well, are you interested in having a baby yourself? I don't think it should be so hard. A lot of people have them. Why can't I have one? How can I get a baby? We probably have to do some testing on you to make sure that um, you have the ability to have a child. Let's check it out. What do you need me to do? Here's your cup. Okay. I just need you to go into that room and give me your sample. And when you're done, just bring your sample out with you. Cheers. Here you go. I got more if you need it. No, not urine. I know. I, oh, oh, I got you. <clears throat> Get it. Sorry, I stunk up the joint a little bit. Mm, did you just defecate in the room, into the cup? Yes. Now you want to try again? We have a machine that will help you extract the semen. Yes. Whoa. Okay, so now I'm gonna connect the extraction. This just goes on my dingus? Yes. It's feeling a little bit shy. I went in the gopher hole. Nope. It pinched the tip a little bit. So I'm gonna go ahead and turn on the machine and the process is gonna start, okay? Okay. Yeah, it feels tingly on my dingus. Here it comes. Uh, I'm making gravy. Yeah. Turn this thing off. I'm dry. Okay, that was uh, Dr. Steve Brule at the fertility clinic getting jerked off by what I assume is 1950s exercise equipment. It was very weird, but the first time I saw that. 
I think I almost shit my pants. Like, just him screaming like, turn it off, I'm dry. So fucking funny to me. Uh, and th that's kind of how the whole series is. So I, I hope you guys will check it out because it's so fucking funny. And the fact that Steve Brule took something so dumb, uh, or John C. Riley, sorry. John C. Riley took something so dumb as a concept and then put so much comedic depth behind it of really doing a, a good job on parroting what they were, what the topic was, which was public access television from the top to bottom. They, they really nailed uh, what public access television is like, at least here in the United States, and ramped it up to a critical level to make it hilarious. And I think that's what good parodying is. Where you actually, in a future episode coming up, we'll be talking about uh, good comedy parodings and what I think makes them the best, but as a little uh, thing on this episode, I think what makes it best is attention to detail. So many times it's just like surface level uh, enjoyment or parodying where it's like if you parody a clown, it would be like just making a, a clown's kind of a parody of itself. But uh, just hold on with this analogy. If you parody a clown, uh, instead of having big shoes, you may give them fucking big hands. And instead of a big no big red nose, you put the nose on the dick or something like that to where it's like, ah, you guys see the tropes here. And look what we did, we changed them up. Like, that's okay, I guess. But what would make a parody of a clown would be to take the character itself or what a clown actually does and parody that lifestyle. So instead of, uh, you know, just a straight birthday clown, it would be a birthday clown, but only for adults. And they would, you know, say you have a, uh, you know, a swinger party that uh, is someone's birthday party for the swinger party and they a they ask for a clown and they give them an outfit but it's like a BDSM outfit of like leather straps and shit but yet they're still wearing white gloves, shoes, and the makeup and the people are like, alright, well we still want to be entertained so the clown has to go up and do like sexual balloon animals while everybody else is like naked watching him and touching each other but they're still watching and the clown's like i'm uncomfortable they're like no we paid you to do that. that see that would be a funny parody of what a clown actually has to do because you don't get to pick and choose when you're a fucking clown what money you take because your business is already hard enough do you see what i mean like and that's just off the top of my head but that's a way funnier concept than just taking stuff and moving it around which is what a lot of sketches or like shit crap movies do uh, whenever they parody something um, and just a little highlight it would be something like uh, the scary movie franchise they just kind of take the the surface level uh, cliches of it and then twist it uh, a little bit whereas something uh, you know in my personal opinion something like uh, Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz really take the tropes and the the ood or the feeling of the movie and notch it up to 11 or 12 and make funny scenarios or twist the situations that people are in, which I think makes it a better, more, better comedy and more enjoyable thing to watch because it's still good on top of that. And I think that the Steve Brule's Check It Out is the same way where, you know, they could have easily just had a bunch of weird shit always happening. And that's kind of a thing that I think I don't, like, I'm probably going to get a lot of shit, but the Tim and Eric show, which this spun off from, 
is very similar in that aspect. It's very weird, uh, kind of public access thing, but a lot of times they go, uh, you know, up to a 25, like it goes completely absurd, and the stuff is pretty funny. Um, but I, I like the more grounded, subtle ridiculousness of Steve Brule, where it's like, oh, you can just see that this guy's an idiot doing silly, silly stuff, whereas Tim and Eric will uh, throw absolute cartoonish stuff in the mix of, like, it's, it's, it's inconsistent to me. Not to say, again, that it's not funny. I just like Steve Brule better to me because it's more of a parody and it's more consistent. So when you had that consistency of pattern with jokes, right, the, the whole thing is you set up uh, a consistent pattern of A, B, A, B, A, B, then the joke is saying donkey at the end. So A, B, A, B, A, B, donkey. Then it's like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? That's the same thing with Steve Brule, was that the whole show is very A, B. It sets up this atmosphere of you're watching public access, and then the turn is, oh, I just watched something that you could never view on public access, like watching a man come on, <laughs> on camera uh, for educational value question mark whereas tim and eric is very a b donkey unicorn what the fuck is going on like it's very uh very absurd uh, and absurd comedy is great too i just i like having uh i like having things thrown out in uh in realistic situations and then you can develop a character like uh like steve brule to where there's there's some consistency a, a running joke is that his mom uh, hates him and has tried to kill him, uh, and you kind of get that feeling throughout the whole, uh, every season I've seen anyways, and uh, he's never known his dad, and you kind of get the sense that his dad is, uh, or his mom was like a hooker or something like that. Then you get another thing that uh, Steve is a only child. Uh, it's, so you just, throughout the, throughout the whole uh, series, you get little indications that build his character up over time and I I quite enjoyed I quite enjoy getting to know who this character is or who they decide this character is because it just allows for more jokes to happen or for more uh, silliness to be played on uh, on television um, so yeah I, I very much enjoy Steve Brule uh, as a character and the voice the the atmosphere that he creates the physicality it's a, it's all a great Great, great character work from John C. Riley, and I can, uh, I, I can see myself when and if having to develop a comedic character acting in the future, which I, I don't know if I ever will. But like, if uh, you know, if I ever, if I ever need to get into a ca character, I will more than likely think of John C. Riley doing this character, just to be like, all right, if you're gonna do it, you gotta go 100%, and you have to. You know, find some depth to the whatever character you have, even if it's you know six or seven lines in a scene. I think that you need to develop a a backstory so you can play off of that a little bit. Um, in my and I think that's called I don't know if that's method acting or not. I don't know what the fuck that's called. I just I think I think giving depth to a character uh, makes the comedy better because I think that's what makes stand-up comedy better. Uh, than most comedy, if not all out there, is that with stand-up you get to know uh, through either confessional or through just sheer time of being up there who or what that person's brain is like, right? So with someone like uh, 
Patrice O'Neill, you get the sense that, you know, he had a harder life, but he didn't, uh, he didn't try to do anything other than tell the truth in life, and, uh, he's a loud, bombastic, confident, fat guy, right? And then you go over to, like, Stephen Wright, and Stephen Wright is a shy, coy, funny, weird dude who is built 100% off of creativity. Now, Patrice, you get that through his confessional type of uh, philosophical humor, whereas uh, someone like Stephen Wright, you have to learn through just watching him, and you get his you get the his caricature of himself. That's not all of who he is, but you get that he's a weird, creative person that thinks outside the box. And I think that's why I like stand up so much, is because. Uh, you get to know the person through their comedy. And I think that good comic actors or good comic characters do the same thing with what they're given. Now, there's different depths to different people because there's different, uh, you know, lengths of time that somebody's on uh, the screen. But with someone like Steve Brule, I think is a perfect example of pulling uh, depth of character out of such a ridiculous situation and giving a little bit of a lore to a person. Uh, I'm a huge fan of lore and history uh, in different either characters, fictional or uh, non-fictional. And so that's actually my favorite thing is what I wanted to talk about is just the depth of such a stupid character in a stupid show on a stupid network is the most enjoyable thing to me, and I can watch it over and over again. And I hope you will too. So that's all I wanted to talk about today. I hope this uh, gets you on board to watch Check It Out with Steve Brule uh, on Adult Swim. Uh, you can also buy the DVD. You can look up online. Do whatever. I just want you guys to watch it because I, I put it myself uh, like everything else on this uh, podcast, I put myself behind everything I say and everything that I uh, refer to you guys, I enjoy very much. And I'll tell you when uh, when the time comes, I'll tell you when I don't like something and when I tell you to steer clear of it. So you guys have been wonderful. Uh, quick update. Uh, yes, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at ISAM Comedy. Uh, that's also my website, ISAMComedy.com. And I'm telling you to do that now. Because uh, December's coming up, and every year I do a uh, 30 Days of Tough Crowd, Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn, where uh, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, every morning I wake up and I watch an episode of Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn, where I find it somewhere on the internet. I give you guys the, the link, and I say I'm going to watch it at this point uh, in time, so all you got to do is is like I say, I say, here's this episode, it's at noon, and then I live tweet a 10-year-old show episode out where I tag all the people who are in the episode, and uh, I've gotten into Twitter fights with uh, Mark Marin, uh, with Rich Voss, and Keith Robinson, but hopefully, I've done this, this will be the third year now, and hopefully they're starting to get that this is the an annual thing that I do. But also, you guys will see that um, my episodes in December will revolve around Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn. So get forward to 30 days of Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn with Sam Norton. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy this and will uh, join me for the festive holiday-ness of... Uh, of December, and I love you all very much. I will see you next week. Go out and find your own funny, because I don't know shit, and I hope that you know everything. I love you guys. Bye.
bone dry!